Welcome Hello. back to the Bad Bitch segment. Welcome Woo. to the segment. I'm Courtney. I'm Kate. And it's Wednesday again. Well, oh, yeah. it's It'll Monday be, for you, yeah, but we're we record on Wednesdays mostly. Yes, yeah, so it's hump day, as people say. Hump day! Hump yep, day! Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, so here we are. We have some good news to start off with automatically. Oh, yeah. DJ Subset has been found. He was found. And he is safe. So thank you to people who helped spread the word, if at all. And um, yes. yeah, so we're just grateful he was found safe after so long. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, respect his privacy of like what's going on. Yes, um, his family asked that we, we... Yeah, we would all love to know. But in my mind, I would love to just... I'm just visioning him as David Rose in the cornfield with the Amish. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. I've been here the whole time. Yeah. My car broke down, my, my <laughs> cell phone died, and these yeah. people took me in. And the Amish, whatever. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, awesome. You know, it's just great to hear that. We're so happy yeah. to hear that he's safe. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. How was your day? How was my day? Uh, it was work. I've been working a lot of overtime. And then work. after a bitching, I still took the Saturday shift because I need the overtime. Oh, so shit. Yeah. I'll be working the Saturday. I'll be sacrificing a bit of my weekend. But you know what? I'm taking a half day tomorrow and a full day off Friday. So it's kind of making up for That's the nice. work I'll be missing. and. Whatever, you know? That's nice. I woke up with like a massive headache and I was like, I'm just going to call off the flower shop because whatever. And then I was like, no, I can't do that. And of course I come in and I'm doing like everything. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't care right now. Like, whatever. We're, pr- we're pretty short staffed right now at my work. So. We're short staffed um, too. Yeah. I kind of feel bad taking off, but then it was like, oh, shit, I have all this PTO I have to use before the end of the year. Yeah, forget that. That I somehow managed to let, like, you always think you're not going to have enough. And then suddenly it's December and you're like, oh, shit. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. I feel you. Um, Actually, I do have something fun. So my mom and I were planning on our trip to, like, Florida or something February, but we went out of town during Valentine's Day. Like, that's not good. Because that's like our one of our biggest holidays at the flower shop. Oh yeah. So we decided to do like a little. I was like, why do you care about Valentine's Day? Oh, <laughs> it's the flower shop. I can make some money. <laughs> oh, so we're going to Ellicottville for like a spa day and oh, maybe fun. go skiing and. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah that'll be fun. So yeah, a little yeah. mom and daughter birthday situation. Oh my and god! I'd love to do that with my mom, but. I think I got my mom a massage a few years ago, and I'm not sure if she ever used it. Which I'm kind of like, hey, if you didn't want it, I would have taken it. Here's my rec. I don't know about you, but I don't like it when masseuses talk to you while they're massaging yeah. you. Well, I think I was talking to you about this the last time I went and got a massage. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to relax. I don't want to have to respond. Yeah, I totally yeah. get that. <laughs> I realize, but that's not everybody's thing, so whatever. Some people love to be talked to. I realize you have, like, twice the amount of bitches on your list than I do. It's because I, I'll just, anytime I hear a little blip of somebody, I'm well, writing too. them down and adding them. So, me too. And we have some doubles. There was one today that I got off the... Also, 
because I had wanted to do this podcast for so long, I've actually been writing names down for like a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before I totally it was get something that. I, you know, it was something because you, you've lived with me for how long? I've been talking about this for yeah. doing this for years yeah. and finally we're doing it. And yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing to do. Just put it on the list and one day you'll be like, oh, I don't remember this person. And yeah. Then you can... Yeah. I got, I'll like go on a roll of types of people. Uh, a co-worker of mine who listens. Hey, Casey. <laughs> hey, pal. Um, <laughs> she recommends a lot of scientists and stuff that's really interesting. Oh, cool. And then it, she's recommended um, some authors. I don't, I don't even remember, but they're on the list. Just really interesting people. And yeah, if you even have some a- like video game archetypes, which Ooh. is interesting. And, you know, we've talked about doing our, we've done some archetypes of legends. So yeah, if you have a bad bitch to recommend, please contact our email address. It is badbsegment at gmail.com. And I, I was thinking the other day, I was like, our first email is going to be like, why is Kate always talking about Supernatural? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> or it's going to be some hate mail. I'm, I'm just it's waiting like, for the first hate email. I don't know. I've gotten some hate recently just actually, on my personal account. Our first hate so. mail, mail was from a friend of mine, oh. a teenage friend of mine, which it wasn't really like that. We were just disgusting. But also the way you said he's not a teenager, but you've known him since you were mm. teens. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've known him since we our don't, teens. We don't have teenage friends. No. no. <laughs> that would be weird. Except um, like my nieces. We're not Colleen Bollinger. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, it would be great if you would send us an email if you have a recommendation or whatever. And then also give us a follow. We're gonna say this at the top. Just give us a follow at our Instagram because if you have you want you want to know what's going on that's where we're mostly posting and then we also have tiktok both of them are at bad bitch segment but tiktok we're still learning and then yeah so instagram is where most of what we're going to be doing is going to be at any updates if you need to know what's going on i'm going to take a lesson with my 12 year old niece about tiktok because apparently she's very good at it okay well (laughs) that'll be great I mean, you've been doing a phenomenal job. I no, haven't really opened it. No, because we still aren't blowing up. We get views. Some we get like two hundred views with our TikToks, which isn't the isn't the reach that we. I was I was told that you like reshare the same one until it does blow up. Okay, I don't know how. Which to do I don't that. know. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, let's just let's some talk old to ladies over here not knowing new technology. Yeah, and technology shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the technology shit. Couple of old biddies. Old, oh, old spinsters day. here. <laughs> old cat ladies. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything you wanted to say in regards to your episode last week? I, I just thought it was fun. I like talking about spooky shit. We're always yeah. going to throw some spooky shit in at the top of our... Or, throughout the series not just during halloween season yeah like some I like legends yeah. and some you know goddesses that are mythical bad like that. mythology bitches. that's the word i was looking for yeah yeah hope you guys liked it i enjoyed it and we're jumping into a in-depth episode this week so okay prepare to sit for a minute (laughs) Uh, all right yeah if there's nothing you had to say i guess we can get into it yes let's do that okay 
I'm excited. This is going to be fun. This is a fun one. I know I've gotten a little dark recently, which by the way, guys, I'm going to get a little dark because I have some things to say. When we think of modern celebrities, we think of Lady Gaga, Beyonce, and Taylor Swift, of course. Oh, I love my T-Swizzle. Yeah. Just, you know, we have a lot of people that we follow and adore. That idol that people can't get enough of. We need to know what they're eating, who they're dating, their next artistic pursuit, what they're wearing, and so on. Celebrity is TikTok dances and retouching, plastic surgery and diet fads, fashion do's and fashion don'ts. You get the picture. But when you think of the word modern, you're probably not thinking of someone born nearly 180 years ago. Henriette Rosine Bernard was born on October 22nd or 23rd, 1844, in Paris, France. Later, she'd be known as Sarah Bernhardt, the first modern celebrity. Recognized most for her acting career, Bernhardt was also a businesswoman, fashion icon, sculptor, theater director, and courtesan. 180 and years ago, how, how, what would that be? 1844. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Long time ago. So, like, holy shit, modern. Yeah. 1844. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So, a lot of people just, when they think of Sarah Bernhardt, she was one of the first people that really self-promoted. Just okay. was making sure that her face was out there. Bernhardt played around 70 roles, both male and female, in 125 plays over five continents throughout the course of her career. She would come to be known as one of the most well-known figures in the history of stage and is considered the greatest actress of the 19th century. Oh my god. Yeah. She paved the way for bad bitch modern celebrities who spoke their mind, made their own money, and bent gender norms. Born out of wedlock to her Dutch-Jewish mother, Julie Bernard, Sarah never knew who her father was. Julie Bernard made a living as a well-established courtesan in Paris, France. So when I was reading this, I was like, what the fuck is a courtesan? And basically, they are, at the time, it would be a high-paid sex worker who had really elite clientele. So. Oh, Making like that money. Escort, yeah. Fucking doing her shit. So, yeah. Good for so, her. Yeah, an escort. Yeah. She had, and her mother, Julie Bernard, as this well established courtesan in Paris, France, had many elite clientele herself. Bernhardt was raised in a pension at first, which I wasn't sure what a pension was. And I tried to look it up, and pension just comes up as that fucking type of. Is it like a nutshell? Something people type? never get anymore unless they, like, work for the state. But. Is that like a like a like retirement a nunnery fund. type of thing? Huh? Is it like a nunnery type of thing? I'm assuming it's some type of orphanage or something. I don't know okay. if it's a real orphanage because cause she... Okay. When I was looking into her throughout her life, when you read about her, it mentions siblings that she has, but they're not really mentioned otherwise in her life. So I think because her mom was a courtesan, it was kind of more of like a... I don't know. Yeah, maybe a nunnery, but later on she ended up being sent to a convent. Oh, so okay. it must have been something like that. Yeah, something religion. That's religious. That's the first thing that popped in my head when yeah. I thought about it. Eventually, deciding she wanted to become a nun after being at this convent, despite her Jewish heritage. So she was like oh. sent to this convent and was like, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. She was devoted to her practice, but 
was almost kicked out of the convent for giving her pet lizard a proper Christian burial. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So. Wait, why would they kick her out for that? Um, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed, to, you can't give animals Christian burials, <laughs> Christian rites or anything. Like that's. <gasps> Yeah, like, I mean, it's a Christian thing, like, but you wouldn't ah! give them to animals or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, like, Christians that, I mean, somebody can let me know, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is, is technically you can't give non-humans or non-Christians Christian burial rites. All right. Yeah. I'm going to give my cat any type of burial he de- desires, okay? <laughs> give him a mausoleum. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Although she wanted to pursue life as a nun, one of her mother's clients, the Duke de Morny, Napoleon III's brother, thought she'd find herself a better fit in the theater. Yeah. Uh, instead of a life as a nun, she chose this life on the stage, and she enrolled in the Paris Conservatoire, a government-sponsored acting school. This was also kind of, the Duke was able to kind of pull strings for her throughout her, cool. the early part of her career, because he saw something in her that people at first did not see. Wow. Yeah. That's just so weird, like a guy doing that, usually they'd be like, yeah, you should just be in the nunnery. Oh, yeah, or not even <laughs> give a shit. Yeah. You know, he took an interest in her and That's was just nice. like, hey. Yeah. So she didn't find the school a fit. She thought their methods were antiquated, but she did revere some of her teachers. What was her first name again? Sarah Bernhardt. She was born, yeah, she's, she's super pretty. She actually, when I look at pictures of her, reminds me of my my grandmother on my dad's side. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Wow, she's gorgeous. Dude, she... Fancy lady. Yeah, she fucking sat for portraits. She sat for pictures. She did all sorts of shit. She was really cool. She's in some silent films that... It's Ooh. so cool. She's so cool. Um, but it took her a minute to get to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Following school in 1862, Bernhardt was accepted on probationary turns into... Comédie Française. And I forgot to say at the top of this, I'm an American. I'm from Buffalo, New York. So I have basically almost a Canadian accent or whatever fucking drawl comes out of this part of the state. Yeah. <laughs> I sorry also, about our pronunciations. Yeah, sorry about our pronunciations. And also, I took French in high school, but I was not good at French. And my French teacher actually, <laughs> she told me <laughs> at the end of I think freshman year, she recommended that I didn't continue with French because she thought I was horrible. (laughs) Oh my God. It's funny you say that because I took, okay, I failed Spanish twice. I took French. I failed that. And then I took German and like, I couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out. And when I went to go like hand her in the slip of paper that was like, yo, I'm just going to do a study hall. She was like, way to give up. Oh, I know. I mean, that's not nice either. That's not constructive, but... You know how many (laughs) languages I failed in, like, the last three years? And I still, I really want to learn Spanish because my niece or my cousin's baby is half Puerto Rican. We're trying to, like, teach her both, but, like... It makes sense to know Spanish (sighs) in our country. Oh, yeah. People don't, you know, some people are like, speak English, you're in America, but, you know... Yeah. Actually... Every other country in the the world. The Aboriginal Americans were here before all y'all. So Yeah. (laughs) And every other country in the world knows two languages. Or more. Like they have to. Yeah. Yeah. 
And they're just, I don't know, they make us stupid here. They do it on purpose. We're trying to work yeah, against it. That's guys. true. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. how true that is. It's so that's true. That's a can of worms. All right, continue. <laughs> well, also, just to finish off my French story. Oh, yeah. I continued with French. I continued into my 10th grade year. And she was not happy when I walked into class that year. She oh, no. was She's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. She's like, this <laughs> bitch, man, Because I didn't study. It's not that I just didn't care and I didn't study. And I I don't know. I was a fucking piss pot in high school. I'm just like, bad. I was just so bad at learning things. Now that I'm older and like I'm on medication, I feel like I can like... <laughs> process information and retain information yeah, a lot better but yeah. anyway sorry about our rant following school in 1862 bernhardt was accepted on probationary terms into comedie francais a national theater company her acceptance was helped by the influence and money of the duke her debut performance in racine's effigie went horribly embarrassed after the show she asked her teacher for forgiveness, to which he responded, quote, I can forgive you and you can eventually forgive yourself, but Racine in his grave never will, unquote. Interesting. <laughs> it was just like really shit on her. Oh my God. <laughs> Bernhardt battled stage fright and struggled through her other debut performances, failing to catch the eyes of any critics or theater goers. Ultimately, her contract was canceled in 1863 after she slapped a senior actress across the face for being rude to her sister. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. And this is also where the people are like, whoa, this bitch is scandalous. Ooh. Um, yeah. Sticking up for your sister. How scandalous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she went on to play some small roles with Theater du Gymnase Dramatique after... I do this little head bob every time yeah. I try to speak French. Okay. Gymnase dramatique. After playing a role of a foolish Russian princess, Bernard fell into a period of soul searching and questioning if she would, should even continue pursuing an acting career. During this period of soul searching, Sarah was said to have taken on many lovers, one of them being Henri, Prince de Ligne, a title of Belgian nobility, apparently. At 20 years old, Bernhardt became pregnant with Henri's child, but he refused to acknowledge him, and even after the baby was born, he wouldn't accept fathership. What? Yeah, he was well, an asshole. Yeah. Well, he was a prince <laughs> or whatever. He was like, no. No, this bitch. So, well, they weren't married, so yeah. it was like, ah. Uh. Scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> Bernhardt named her son Maurice and gave him her last name, so Maurice Bernhardt. Aw. It wasn't until Bernhardt had become famous that Henri offered to recognize Maurice as his son. Oh, of course. Yeah. Maurice declined, stating he was quite content being Sarah Bernhardt's son. Aw. Yeah. And then I also read, I didn't write it in here, but I read that, like, this was on the IMDb for her, that Pr Prince Henri de Ligne was having difficulty getting into first class of a train. And they were like, we don't know name. who the fuck you are. Well, then Maurice came up and he was like, I'm Maurice Bernhardt. And they were like, oh, oh, Maurice, come on, come on. And then they let Henri on with him. And Maurice was like, yeah, the Bernhardt name means something too, motherfucker. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, that's awesome. Yeah. 
She was never ashamed of being a single mother or for her son being illegitimate, and it appears she taught Maurice the same. Many considered her scandalous, as we've said a couple times, but really, she was just getting started. Hell yeah. Yeah. Quote, when a U.S. minister denounced Bernhardt for having a child out of wedlock, she shot back, quote, had my child been a clergyman's, probably he would have strangled it at birth, unquote. So she was like, fuck you. (laughs) People really thought that she, they loved her for speaking her mind, but it was something that they probably wouldn't have appreciated their own female family members. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 1880 letter, and this is still within the quote, sorry guys, an 1880 letter to the editor about the incident noted with some satisfaction, it is quite evident that Sarah Bernhardt is able to take care of herself, unquote. Hell yeah. It was around this time that Sarah sat for her first photograph, something she wouldn't shy away from for the rest of her career. Many others in her fear didn't really like getting their photographs taken. They shied away from it. They shied away from new technology. You know, people are like set in their ways. Yeah. But Sarah soaked it up. Photographs, sound recording, and telegraphs. Pictures of the divine Sarah would make their way onto postcards, magazines, posters, and newspapers. Yeah, she always kept track of all of her press coverage, writing in to correct anything she didn't agree with and would threaten to sue if something wasn't corrected or retracted. Nice. Yeah, she was on her shit. Yeah. Bernhardt always made sure to engage with the press whenever possible, no matter what she wanted her name out there. In addition to her paramour with Henri, Prince de Ligne, she is also said to have romantically connected to Victor Hugo, Lou Telegan, Marcel Proust, Edmund Rostand, and the Prince of Wales, the future Edward VII. Ooh. And I know a lot of these guys are like poets and writers. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure of everybody else. I was going to look them up and I didn't. But here we go. Louise Abema was a famous expressionist painter at the time, as well as a fan of Bernhardt's work. She was also romantically connected to Bernhardt, so she had, like, same-sex lovers, too. Ooh. Yeah. Sarah signed with Odeon Theatre in 1866 and found a home there perfecting her craft for six years. Finally feeling comfortable and being able to spend time or spend a time there to establish her reputation was of great benefit to her. Bernhardt finally found success as Anna Damby in the play Keen by Alexandra Dumas in 1868. That same year, she played Cordelia in Le Roy Lear, wowing the crowd again. But- I love the name Cordelia. Yeah, that's, that's such a pretty a classic name. good name. Yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of the Coven. That okay, that's what I was thinking. Coven yeah. American Horror Story. Yeah. That's yeah. a yeah, that's a nice like old fashioned yeah, name. Yeah, it's nice. I do like kinda more old fashioned names like Vera. I always like the name Vera. Oh. Yeah. That's okay. a good one. But by 1870, the Franco German or Franco Prussian War, depending on what you're reading, broke out and there wasn't any plays to be put on. Bernhardt had turned the Odeon Theater into a military hospital for some time. Oh, dear. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of information about that. They just breezed over it. Yeah. Must be some badass woman who's hosting a military hospital, you know? Yeah. I mean, what more can you say about it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But by 1871, the war had ended and Bernhardt was craving her curtain call. 
Playing the role as the Spanish queen in Victor Hugo's Roy Blas, Bernhardt left the audiences in awe. They couldn't get enough of her. This role was the one that solidified her celebrity in Paris. It is said that theater goers were drawn by her voice, described as a gold bell or silver flute, depending on who was asked. Basically, it was it sounded nice. Nonetheless, Bernhardt's diction and delivery of her lines, along with her distinctive voice, kept people wanting more. But Bernhardt was fighting against beauty standards at the time. She had a prominent nose, frizzy hair, and was quite thin, at a time where actresses were expected to be curvy and full-figured. She, yeah, she That's was ostracized for her looks, was portrayed in cruel cartoons as a broomstick, and jokes were made that she was too small-breasted to have to get anything off her chest. Oh my god. Well, just just think of that as a lesson to our younger generation here. Yeah. Beauty standards change yeah. within, like, every 10 years. Yeah. Like, what was full and voluptuous back then? And then in the 90s, it was, like, real thin and, like... It was like heroin chic, which yeah. they're saying is, like, coming back oh because everybody's on Ozempic. So. Is that what it's called? Heroin chic? Yeah. That's horrible. Because it was Kate Moss when she was a drug addict. So they were like, oh, heroin chic. You know, the fashion industries. I mean, I love clothes and I love fashion. Like, we love yeah. to express ourselves dark place <laughs> i do have a, a girlfriend that i work with and she went out to audition as a playboy model and i was like just be careful i mean i know yeah we're gonna get into the playboy still doing stuff playboy? at some point yeah um it's but run there, by all it? women now oh really yeah. okay i listen to girls next level every week but i've been listening to them too oh my god they're so much fun i love them i love them back in the day too they they were great yeah I just thought I was. I was like, I'm not cute enough to be a fucking Playboy model, though. I know. I'll show you a picture of this girl. She's fucking gorgeous. Oh yeah, I bet. All right, so yeah, they portrayed her as a broomstick. Okay, like celebrities today, Bernhardt carefully crafted her public persona. Quote: Every public appearance, every movement, every word she said, and every dress she wore were meant to create an image of the mysterious and decadent beauty living a dramatic and eccentric life. Unquote. Eccentric could explain it. Sleeping in rosewood coffins lined with letters from her lovers, wearing taxidermied bat hats, surrounding herself in exotic animals, and decorating her house and dressing rooms with human bones. Oh my god! Yeah, she literally had a full human skeleton in her dressing room. No! Yeah, and I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, oh It was dear. like a thing back in the day where they used to just rob graves and sell them to schools and stuff yeah oh shit sell the bodies to schools and yeah stuff. craziness as far as exotic pets bernhardt had plenty including an alligator named ali gaga a boa constrictor puma parrot two horses and a monkey named darwin a boa constrictor yeah that's so awesome i mean you know illegal trade and stuff but still yeah i'm not into people having exotic pets girl that played for playboy oh, oh the audition. Remember. wow she's she's cute i'm like yeah. oh, are you showing me okay. sorry <laughs> no, anyway she's has a playboy yes <laughs> yes anyway um, sorry so some sources say she's an animal lover but other sources said she wasn't too nice to them 
Oh. Apparently come on. feeding the alligator milk and champagne, setting oh. sending it into an early grave. Oh my god. Yeah, people were so dumb with animals back oh, in the day though. I they can't. just didn't give a shit. I was just listening to something where like this girl had a cheetah like way back in the day. I don't know. I forgot what she named it, but she would like take it for walks and shit. And it's like that's a wild <laughs> fucking animal. Okay, but here's the thing I learned about cheetahs is they actually are more similar to the temperament of a cat, like a domesticated house cat. Okay, They're but they not should still be like, in the wild. No, it's still something <laughs> wild. It's crazy, but I remember they don't have the same something about like it's not the same as like a lion having like a lion or a tiger. Okay, there's something like different in their brain structure, or like a panther. I could be. Those yeah, things are dangerous. Yeah, they're not as the fuck. same as big cats. It's different. I don't know how. I could be talking out of my ass. But and anyways, that could be who has untrue. a fucking alligator? Like <laughs> a lot of people. That's awful. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so. <laughs> we say that a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's going to be our t-shirt. Anyway. Our first t-shirt slogan. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. anyway. Yeah. The word you're looking for is. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then it is said that she's supposedly known for shooting her boa constrictor for eating a pillow. And I was like, oh. and I wrote, I don't. That sounds really ridiculous because I don't think a boa constrictor would eat a pillow. No. Unless it was starving. And then, like, are you going to fucking feed your yeah. animal? I don't think that happened. I think people talked a lot of shit about her. and Yeah. And whatever. also, how many... So, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that how she treated the alligator was not true, too. We're just going to put that out there in the universe because I would feel so horrible. It made me think of the monkey who attacked that woman in April. Oh, yeah. Dude, I heard the 911 call for that. Yeah. And it was like fucking weird. Well, there's that. And then there's the the people that wouldn't get a top for the cage for their snake and it ate their baby. It was a boa constrictor. But they were like, the snake was They were starving. starving it. Yeah. But that's my thing, too. Even if a snake was starving... It's I don't think you need a pillow. pillow. Especially if she has other animals in the house that doesn't Yeah, make it would have eaten like anything else. Yeah. That so that sense. I'm like, that's not real. But I had to put it in here. <laughs> and it's the 1800s. There's probably rats all around her <laughs> fucking apartment. Yeah, she probably had a pet rat. Yeah. <laughs> a giant one. <laughs> yeah. Bernhardt returned to Comedie Francais in 1872, but was only given minor roles. Two years later, she played the title role in Voltaire's Zaire, remarkably. Although Bernhardt was wowing the crowds, she was still often being discredited and underestimated. Critics kept expecting her to fail, but she was on a roll, and performance after performance, she was triumphant. Critics believe Bernhardt, quote, lacked the resources needed to portray violent passion, but she proved them wrong and nailed it. Her portrayal of Don Sol in Victor Hugo's Hernani brought the author himself to tears. They thought she couldn't do it, but she did. Don't underestimate women. Or people. Just stop underestimating people and shut the fuck up. But critics are gonna, I mean, they're the, critics are the people that failed it. And that's why they're critiquing others. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Time after time, her performances produced enthusiastic reviews from critics, 
And reviewers described her performance as mesmerizing, her subtlety and emotional expression and range, her ability to change and control her voice, and the control of her body amazed audiences and critics alike. The emotional power she exerted in her performances was palpable, and theater goers couldn't help but be affected by her. Quote, Bernhardt's ability to manage her own physical instrument mesmerized spectators. Reviewers described her as convulsing audiences, administering jolts, chills, even electric shocks. One woman, after seeing Bernhardt perform, wrote in her diary, I did not know what beauty of movement was till I saw Sarah. It is overwhelming, bewildering, unquote. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> How did they get her diary? Yeah. Yeah, right? In addition to her abilities on stage and eccentricities off stage, people would eat up anything she was part of. Once when she flew in a hot air balloon, it was reported on for like days and days and days afterwards. <laughs> By 1879, Bernhardt had finally made her name and brought herself to the head of her profession, finally about to go international after a particularly celebrated performance in Fedra. Sarah was described in many ways, probably depending on who you spoke to, since she was such a polarizing personality. Charming, strong-willed, and feisty, while also being graceful, beautiful, and charismatic, adding to her commanding stage presence. Not everyone was a fan, though. George Bernard Shaw thought her to be too showy, but he was also known as being a contrarian, so he was just probably saying it to be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In 1880, Bernhardt founded her own theater company, only helping her growing international stardom. Now she was filling her time working for her company, managing her own theaters, acting in her own productions, and going on international tours. Touring started across the English Channel in London. She then traveled through the European continent, Canada, and the U.S. Bernhardt performed in New York City for the first time on November 8, 1880. She would go on to visit eight more times after that. It is said that in 1881, after her North American tour, she was wealthy enough to become her own boss. She finally had the independence she needed. Yes, boss bitch. Yeah. Later in 1882, Bernhardt proposed to, so she proposed, and married a Greek military officer turned actor, Aristides or Jacques de Mala. Ooh. Yeah. Who was 11 years her junior, so she was a cougar. Nice. Unfortunately, the marriage was toxic due to Jacques' morphine abuse. Oh, no. And frequent cheating. Oh. Yeah. He eventually died of a drug overdose in 1889. Oh, God. Yeah. During this marriage, Bernhardt was still hard at work through her theater company, though. An emergent playwright, Victorian Sardot wrote four melodramatic plays specifically with Bernhardt in mind. Fedora in 1882, Fedora in 1884, La Tosca in 1887, and Cleopatra in 1890. In 1891 to 1893, Bernhardt toured Australia and South America. So she was busy as fuck. And as noted earlier, Bernhardt played both male and female roles. One of her most notable male performances was in Hamlet, when she played the title character in 1899. Bernhardt is one of the first known women to play Hamlet. But not only did she cross gender lines, she also crossed age lines, 
often playing characters much younger than her, well into her old age. One of her most famous parts was the role of Napoleon's only son in the play Les Glandes by Edmund Rostand. She was 55 at the time, portraying a 21-year-old. Wow, good for her. Yeah. She also played a teenage Joan of Arc at the age of 44 in one of her most famous death scenes. And Bernhardt was apparently known for her death scenes. So I guess she was really great at that, which I think is funny because you and I were always like, oh, I just want to get murdered in a movie really bad. So if anyone wants to see me in a movie, check out (laughs) House of Horrors, the movie or House of Horrors, Gates of Hell. (laughs) And I do get murdered, but it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's I don't know if it's on YouTube. You can still probably order it somewhere. Just I don't know. Google it. Give it a Google. Yeah, I'm in a bunch. I'm a bunch of I'm in a few um, YouTube uh, shorts. You just got to know my last name. So (laughs) go ahead and search. I'm not saying not sending (laughs) you out to them right now, though. But yeah, over the years, Bernhardt managed several different theaters. In 1893, she began managing Theater de Renaissance. Then in 1899, she moved to Theater de Nations that she aptly renamed to Theater Sarah Bernhardt. She managed that theater until her death in 1923. She's not dead yet, though, so we've still got some more to talk about. In 1905, <laughs> while performing... <laughs> she's not dead yet. In 1905, while performing a stunt in La Tosca, Sarah injured her right knee while jumping from the parapet. It never fully recovered, and by 1915, Gang Green had sent in and would be, and her leg would be amputated. Oh, God. Yeah. After the amputation, roles would end up being written for her to allow her to remain seated. Oh, she, wow. Good. Yeah. So she still performed after her amputation and she fucking killed it. So that's really, that's great for the alternately abled, mm-hmm. um, nice role model. People want to look back on her because she's in a couple films with her amputated leg back in the day. She visited the troops during World War I, performing for them on a litter chair, which is just a chair made out of trash that's found, like, probably through the destru- destruction of war. Oh, my anyway. God. A <laughs> but, litter chair. Yeah. So, Never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah. So the, the troops carried her around on it, and she sang and performed on for them. And I guess she made some film for them, too, but to... I didn't write down every fucking, like, movie and play yeah, that she was in because she did so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, at the age of 72, Bernhardt went on another world tour. First, she spent 18 months traveling and performing for her last time across the U.S. Then, when she landed back in France in 1918, she went on another tour across Europe. Bernhardt made appearances in silent films, something pretty spanking brand new at the time. But again, she wasn't about to shy away from new technology that could get her face out there for more to see, even at this point in her career. Apparently, she had a love-hate relationship with the medium and declared that she detested it after her film debut in Les Duels de Hamlet in 1900. But she still agreed to appear in a film adaptation of La Tosca in 1905, which, because I got my information from so many different articles, which will be in the show notes. And from my understanding, it must have been during the filming of La Tosca. Not, I thought it was a play, but I think it was the filming of it is where she injured her leg. And I just have to run away for a second and grab my charger because my battery is low. Say hi, buddy. <laughs> Goofball. 
So she appeared in that film adaptation of La Tosca, but after seeing the results, she demanded that the negatives be destroyed. She just thought it was awful. She <laughs> Apparently she cringed and like, Ugh. Oh no. So she didn't like it. Film is not a very respected medium in these days, but another film appearance in 1912 helped bring more, more artistic dignity to the cinema. Bernhardt's appearance in La Dame aux Camélias was critically acclaimed and had popular success. Adolf Zucker was able to found Paramount with the funds earned from Bernhardt's other movie that same year, Les Amours de la Reine Elizabeth. Oh, wow. Les Amours de la Reine Elizabeth. I'm sorry. I totally looked up the pronunciation and I was like doing it perfect in my room. And now that I'm like here, I'm like, uh, uh. (laughs) Ah, sounded good to me. (laughs) Bernhardt continued to star in two more films after the amputation of her leg, Jeanne d'Or and Mothers of France. And Jeanne d'Or was in 1915. Mothers of France was 1917. Regarding other accomplishments, Bernhardt was a gifted sculptor. A marble relief of Ophelia that was carved and signed by Bernhardt sold for $385,444,000 at a 2017 auction. And I meant to have this pulled up for you so you could see it. It's fucking unbelievable. Can you share their documents? Yeah, let's see. That would be so cool. Here it is. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'll be in the show notes, but yeah. Fucking gorgeous. Gorgeous. Wait, so, okay, so that's her bust? Yeah, so she carved it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she was a sculptor, so she, or she sculpted it. Yeah. Amazing. And then somebody bought it for like fucking a shitload of money. Oh, that was, that's beautiful. We should put that in the Instagram. Oh, yeah. Bernhardt also wrote two books. An autobiography in 1907 called My Double Life, Memoirs of Sarah Bernhardt, as well as a book on acting, La Art du Theatre, in 1923. Sasha Guitry, a playwright Bernhardt had worked with throughout her career, had written a new play called Un Sujet de Roman, and of course, Sarah Bernhardt would be acting in it in 1922. On the night of the play's dress rehearsal, Bernhardt collapsed and was unconscious for an hour. When she awoke, she asked, quote, when do I go on? Unquote. Oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> it took her several months to recuperate, but she bounced back right into her craft. Once she had improved, she began preparing for more roles as Cleopatra in Rhoda June by Cornille, and as well as another film with Sacha Guitry called La Voyante, where she would be making 10,000 francs a day while filming. And I didn't get the exchange for that. Sorry. Wow. That's amazing, though. Yeah. Being that she was too weak to travel at the time, a film studio was set up in her house where she could film her scenes comfortably. Everything was set up with the scenery, lights, decor, and cameras. Sadly, she collapsed again on March 21st, 1923, and this time she would not recover. It is said that she died peacefully in her brother's arms from uremia on the evening of March 26th, 1923. And I meant to write down what uremia was, and I forgot. Oh, looks like something with her kidneys. Oh. Kidney failure or something. So it was that something that she passed out from, you think? Who knows? She might have had an illness that 
just didn't know what was going on. Nobody, it it doesn't really say. She might have had something going on for a while. Mourners line the street to mourn Sarah Bernhardt. Her funeral is held by her request at the Church of St. Francois de La Salle, who she was a patron of in life. It's said that 30,000 people attended Bernhardt's funeral. Wow. And lined the streets to follow the funeral procession from the church to her resting place at Père Lachaise Cemetery. The procession paused at the front of her namesake theater before finally ending up at the cemetery. Her tombstone simply reads Bernhardt. Sarah is remembered today through the stage and film community, and she was posthumously honored with a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960. A movie about her life called The Incredible Sarah, starring Glenda Jackson, was released in 1976. Even Martha Stewart created a cookie recipe in 2001, simply named Sarah Bernhardt Cookies, that Stewart said were, quote, as multi-layered as their namesake. Sarah Bernhardt was quite the bad bitch, a strong-willed force that made her mark, defined conventions in beauty, lifestyle, and in her craft, and she never shied away from the spotlight and shamelessly self-promoted. Modern celebrities today are working off of standards that Sarah Bernhardt herself wrote over 100 years ago. Oh, that's amazing. Good job. Thank you. I think, well, you know who I'm doing next, but she was known as the OG influencer, but it looks like Sarah Bernhardt was. Yeah, right? Person we're cover- you'll be covering next maybe took a page out of Sarah Bernhardt's book. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. She was more of a Marilyn Monroe type of girl, but. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, she, it, it was cool to learn about her and, you know, all the shit she did. Actually, Erin sent me a video, a little tiktok or fucking instagram reel about her and when they said that she liked to sleep in coffins i was like oh oh yeah, yeah. this lady yeah so <laughs> that's amazing she just wanted to fucking like make people uncomfortable yeah and just push the limits and i don't know i thought she was a cool person to cover and a uh, change of pace for me because i've been covering some you know darker stuff yeah yeah i'm serious people but yeah well you know <laughs> next week is gonna be a little dark but also fun so yeah yeah we do have a link tree in our an- instagram if you want to follow any of those and yeah we, if you head to our link ha- tree in our instagram you can head to all the places to listen and and we do have a new logo coming out i'm super excited about so yeah yeah. not that we don't love lucy we we, yeah we love her she's still gonna i'm still using her and shit but um we're we're gonna gonna get a different logo just because we want we have a looking at what our spotify impressions are and we just want something that might be a little bit more eye-catching because people just kind of see a bitchy cat and probably are like what is this and keep scrolling so that and then i apologize again to any of our french or french canadian or french speaking (laughs) listeners for any of my terrible pronunciations today yeah and oh we oh i wanted to give it a little update on little few more international countries might be listening in i think it said where are we we have kuwait uh Ooh, shout out to kuwait shout out to kuwait kuwait, kuwait. <laughs> and then india and jamaica india and jamaica yeah. hey what <laughs> so, up if you guys keep listening that's great i i mean thank you this is just really nifty to see i don't know yeah our podcast has grown give Amazing. us a five-star review please and subscribe please it helps boost shit 
I don't know. Helps yeah. get us seen. We're working on stickers. I just, I want to get the logo. And yeah, the that's probably QR what we're going to start with first is just stickers. Yeah, because, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, stay bad, bitches. Yeah, stay bad, bitches. Yeah, buddy. Bad Bitch segment is written, hosted, and produced by Courtney Janicki and Kate Salamon. Podcast art by Laura Grote at LA Promotional Design. Edited by Courtney Janicki. Music by Alexi Action. Check him out on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad Bitch Segment. Suggest a bad bitch or share a bad bitch story by sending an email to the podcast at badbsegment at gmail.com. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. <laughs>